to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who review podcast here on NOTLG.com, episode 225, Cold War. My name is John, and joining me every time we dishonor our race by leaving our suit is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, hello. Oh dear. I don't know. <laughs> so does this mean we're running around naked? What's going on? I guess. I don't know. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah i'll run with it uh, we're go- we're going with it it's it's yeah it's recorded it's happening there you go taylor how are you doing i'm doing pretty well doing pretty well this is a, a busy busy week as we rush to the end of the month the end of the school year and a string of birthdays at the beginning of june oh yeah oh yeah so i'm like oh boy i gotta start getting stuff lined up for people <laughs> yeah but so such is such is life. How Indeed. are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Back to back weeks for us. Look at us. Yes. Honestly, if we, I think if we, if we just did all current who that we hadn't done, I think mm-hmm. we could do weekly again. Like this was a breeze. Oh yeah, this this, like this story especially. Oh yeah, just um, kind of. We'll talk about it, but yeah, yeah. But next time we're we're doing something a, yeah, a little we'll, different, we'll, and we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But yeah, we'll, I, I uh, <laughs> it's uh, the week's been fine. I'm just literally trying to think of anything that I I had done in the past week that was like super cool. I mean, I was fully in, uh, inoculated. I think on Thursday. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that's that's fun. That's a good thing. Uh, other than that, I I don't I don't know. I'm trying to think of <laughs> how I I've been good. I've been tired, well, that's but I've good. been good. Yeah, but that's kind of par for the course. Yes, like I've been tired too. Uh-huh. There's a lot yeah. going on. Yeah. You know, it's we're still technically in a pandemic, so yeah, it's kind of exhausting. Yeah, technically still in the pandemic, which is wild to think about. Yeah, I will say I did get a um on Friday. Uh, my place of work said, "Hey, if you want to, we're reopening the offices. If you want to come in, you can." And I talked to my uh, my supervisor mm-hmm. today, and he's like, "Do you want to come back in?" I said, "Not really." And he's like, "Well, I mean, we can do everything from our house, so you don't have to. And at least right now, you don't have to." And I was like, "Whew, that's good." Yeah, that's that's one of the nice things about the work that I do is, I mean, really, I I could totally do it remote. Um, and when they hire a replacement for the gal who retired, mm-hmm. they're not going to be in my office in San Jose anyway. Yeah. So it's like, mm, you know, they're like, well, you know, if you want to go in a couple of days a week, you, you know, you can, but yeah, obviously pay attention to local mandates and stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, I've also got kids here at home who aren't <laughs> done with the school year yet. So, yeah. so it's all good. But yeah, it's nice being able to have work that I can do from just about anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And that that is why we're doing back-to-back episodes this week is because uh, this coming week or the weekend and then next week I will actually be working remotely and I will be visiting my family for the first time in what? Uh, forever. forever. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to be up there for a week. Should be Should be a good time. Yeah, I, I confused my wife a little bit. She's like, didn't you guys just record last week? I'm like, yeah, we're shifting it a week, but we're still keeping it every other week. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's confusing. Thing. And I'm like, it's on the calendar. <laughs> just look we live and die by the Google calendar. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, Taylor. Well, it's not a fortnight since our last recording, so what is making us happy this week? Well, for me, um, I got to say, I last Friday, um, after uh, Perrin was in bed, hopped in the bus and motored down uh, to the local monthly VW meet. Um, they start hanging out at a in and out over in Pleasanton and then kind of cruise through town and go have some pizza. And it was nice. I have not been to like uh, a, a VW hangout or a VW meet since before the pandemic even started. And so I have been craving it greatly. And so Ooh. it was nice just to get out for an hour and a half or so uh, on a Friday night and be with fellow VW people. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and at the end of the month, I'm planning to go up to uh, Sacramento raceway for uh, a, a big, like an actual car show and swap meet and stuff. It's called Bogorama. Oh, right on. And I'm very much looking forward to That's it. very cool. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. So it'll be it'll be nice to do that. And it, sadly, there's a lot of um, new communities kind of popping up uh, within earshot of the raceway. So the raceway may not be around much longer, sadly. So, ah, yeah, noise complaints and all that kind of stuff. We'll see. Fingers crossed, of course. I'd love for that place to stay around. Yeah, that would be great. That would well, what be great. about you, my man? So uh, yesterday I did my first uh, fully vaccinated hangout. Yeah, which was uh, which was crazy. I uh, went to the that hashtag show studios uh, for the first time since March eighth of last year. Yeah, uh, it was it was we watched a, a WWE pay per view and then we did a show immediately afterwards. A lot has changed there. It's a lot bigger. The production's a lot more. Uh, amped or ramped up and yeah it was a it was a lot of fun it was it it was a little weird like i didn't know where to sit and like people like why do you keep moving around and i'm like i don't know i just i (laughs) i'm like i i I was sitting down my friend was like dude every time i turn around you're in a different spot and i'm like "I, i i don't know i don't know what to do i i i'm still not fully adjusted to being around people (laughs) um but yeah it was a good time it was a lot of fun um yeah that was my first fully vaccinated i went into a chipotle mind you this is all masked up guys don't don't take it i'm not you know uh what is it all we are is dust in the wind i'm not like floating in the wind here with with no mask right but yeah it was just like i went to a chipotle and they were like how are you i'm like i'm i think i'm good like this is the (laughs) first time i've been inside of a establishment yeah, it was crazy. It was fun. It made me happy because you know it, it it felt it felt good to to do something. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's really uh, making me happy this week. But no, I can't think of anything else. All right. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's you know. Usually we got two weeks worth of who who news, but uh, this week we we still have a decent amount of who news this week. So Taylor, take it away. Yeah, yeah. I kind of grabbed from a few different sources I don't normally grab from. Um, interestingly enough, one of <clears throat> our first story here um, is actually a video about how um, kind of what we think of as electronic music was really kind of birthed by some unsung women uh, who worked at the BBC Radiophonic Workshop. This was actually shared on um, 
the page of a, a Facebook group I'm on uh, for a British based streaming internet radio station called Vita radio. Um, And so they shared this and I was like, Oh, wait a second. Radiophonic workshop. This is totally going to start with Delia Derbyshire. Um, And it didn't, there was actually even somebody before her uh, who was working in there and doing it. So this, this has actually a lot of old archival footage. Uh, It's really kind of a fascinating watch. Um, and I would highly recommend it uh, because, yes, eventually they do get to a point where like, oh, here's the Doctor Who theme and it, here's how it was composed and stuff. So if you've never actually heard the story of that, it really is kind of neat to to listen to and to watch. Very cool. Yeah. Um, we also have our first indication by way of the mirror. So, so you know. Take it for what you will. This is the mirror um, that we are going to start getting uh, some first Doctor stories uh, animated. Oh, okay, yeah. that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, um, and so uh, it looks like what they're talking about is um, the four-part story Galaxy Four, um, and this was with uh, Stephen and Vicky. Yes, uh, in that era. And, um, it's, it's honestly, it's not a story. I'm very, no, I was looking at it. Yeah. Familiar with at all. There's a couple of stills from it. Uh, it looks like they go up against, you know, like fembots or something. Um, I'm joking. It's the, the Dravins <laughs> and, uh, they're all like attractive females, which is with fine. Guns. No judgment with guns. That's right. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it's an interesting thing, and I don't see in the article an indication of um, when we might see this. Right. So there's not actually anything in this article saying, oh, here's a statement from. Um, they've got like some quotes from uh, Peter Purves, who played Stephen, um, and, you know, they've got some information about, oh, yeah. You know, BBC used to wipe old stories back in the day. Yeah. So I say take this with a grain of salt because there is no source whatsoever. It it, uh, it is dated. does say it, it is an exclusive. Yes. Yes. Which uh, um, yeah. There's no yeah. There's no press release or anything that go with it. It's it's the mirror. But hey, it would be cool if we got it. Yeah. I'm all for it. Like I, we've said many times, we would love to see all the missing stories and all the missing episodes yes. animated. Which one I think feel every time we bring up animation, I'm like, what's the next one that's supposed to come out? Oh, it's had spiders in it. Uh, web of fear, web of fear. I believe doctor who animated will be released in 22. Well, it's supposed to be released this year. So, okay. Doesn't say when doesn't say anything. Well, time has no meaning. Nothing is real. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um well something that does have a release date and this is probably just in the uk i could be wrong um the soundtrack to the 1967 so patrick troughton uh second doctor story oddly enough the ice warriors oh. will be released on vinyl no less june 4th interesting yeah and that bit of news just came out uh yes very very recently <laughs> very very interesting Yes, yes, indeed. Um, now, there are also new audiobooks coming from the BBC this month and next. Oh, 
Okay. Um, and some of these seem really, really interesting. Some of them I'm certainly more excited for um, than others. Let's not worry about cookie preferences right now. DrWho.tv, thank you very much. Um, but this month we get um, The Ruby's Cave, which is the uh, River Song Melody Malone mystery. Oh, okay. Uh, that Alex Kingston is reading. Yes. We, we, we get... Oh boy, we get Louise Jameson reading the novelization of the absolutely amazing adventure Underworld. Oh my God. yes, let's do it. Yep. Uh that's gonna be an exciting one. Um let's see. There's going to be um the uh looks like the original audio soundtracks of um I think six, yeah, six narrated tv soundtrack adventures uh from the patrick troughton era oh uh, this okay. is yeah i'm not 100 sure this is these thrilling recordings of tv episodes largely absent from the bbc archives have been remastered with additional linking narration by original cast members um so this is uh, what i assume this is is um the nefarious means we got all the episodes before Yes, and they had the uh, the the little um, stills with sound. Oh, right. I assume it's it's that those recordings um, remastered somehow. That that is what that looks like. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So so if you're just working around the house and sometimes you put on some Doctor Who in the background and just listen to it while you work, now you can just carry it with you and not have to turn the TV on. There you go. <laughs> well, in June uh, comes a, a new 12th Doctor Nardle story um, read by Dan Starkey. Ooh, it looks no interesting. Less. Well, yes, the cover, you know, catches my eye right off the bat because we've got some classic saucers on it and a 50s Chevy. Um, so we have a uh, uh, time, the present place, small town USA, a town like any other. A sleepy world of white picket fences, front porch gliders, and freshly mown lawns. A Pontiac or Chevy in every driveway. But the streets are empty, with not a sound to be heard, and no one to hear it if there was. Because this town is merely an empty stage, waiting for its players to take their parts. They're due to make their entrance any moment now. Strangers in a strange land, somewhere in that timeless space known lonely as the Nightmare Realm. Cue Twilight Zone soundtrack. Ooh. Yep. Uh, so yeah, we, we've got uh, 1950s suburbia um, until an apparent nuclear attack takes them into a far darker territory. Holy oh moly. boy, that sounds exciting! I'm, I'm down. Dan Not Stark only that, into... what's that? I think I, I, I uh, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to go on to the next one that they're releasing. Oh, great! Yes, this one is. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. You remember this one? Yes. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Beavers is uh, reading and narrating the action-packed novelization of Ark of Infinity. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Great. Um, oh, heavens. And they even they even list what's coming in July and August down at the bottom here. Oh, do they? Oh, ready for a scoop? Oh, my goodness. The the uh, narration the of the novelization of the fourth Doctor story, Meglos. Ooh. Which we haven't reviewed. We have not reviewed that story. Um, and the second master collection, which uh, has a number of third, fifth, and seventh Doctor novelizations. Ooh, okay. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, August is going to feature a story called Bessie Come Home. <laughs> okay. 
and a uh, the audiobook of the novelization Wheel in Space. Ooh, okay. So plan accordingly, folks. Yes, indeed. Plan accordingly. These all sound great. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is this is neat. Uh, you know, if if Big Finish isn't sating you, yeah, you can go ahead and get the full blown BBC audiobooks. Speaking of full blown, um, the immersive West End show Time Fracture, which go away pop up, um, it admittedly recently has removed uh, the appearance of one character. Um, actually, will also still be featuring absolutely all of the doctors. In one story, a storyline for the first time ever. That's crazy. Um, a supporting cast of 42 live actors across 17 different worlds from Doctor Who. Um, this is kind of crazy. And not only that, I love the fact that they are making a point of including Joe Martin. Yes. In this. Very cool. I think that is excellent. Um, so there are pre-recorded cameos uh, from Tom Baker, Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Joe Martin, Jodie Whittaker, um, with uh, voice actors taking on fan favorites of the 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th Doctors. Um, we get Jimma Redgrave in it. Uh, John Coleshaw is playing the Brigadier. Uh, Michael Troughton. Uh, is providing the voice for Patrick Trout. Oh, that's great. Um, we've got Nick Briggs doing Daleks and Cybermen. Uh, it's, it it's, looks insane. Yeah, this is crazy. So it's yeah. just buy tickets, so we, can, we can't... No, it's it's not something we can attend. Ugh. Uh, well, why we're, not? Because no. <laughs> we're nowhere near the London's West End. <laughs> um, we, we only get the Pet Shop Boys song, West End Girls. Oh, okay. Um, but there is a trailer for Time Fracture at the link in the show notes. Man, somebody bootleg that. Don't bootleg it, guys. No, no. Don't, but no, don't do it. It'd be really cool to see. It would be great to see, but don't do that. No. But also, don't do that. <laughs> All right, guys. This week, we watched Cold War, and we did not play Modern uh, Warfare Cold War, the game that I have been playing. We watched the Doctor Who episode, Cold War. Starring Matt Smith as the Doctor, Jenna Coleman as Claire Oswald, David Warner as Professor uh, Grisenko, mm-hmm. and Spencer Wilding as Grand Marshal, what did I call him? Skull? Skull? Deck? Skull Doc? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to call him Ska Deck. Yeah. Because he you loves got to the sweet, sweet horns. Yeah. Yep. And then all of a sudden... <laughs> I had Mighty Mighty Boston stuck in my head. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, probably not a great band to have stuck in your head at this moment in time because they did a very problematic thing, but we'll talk about that off air. Oh, dear. Okay. Um, oh, my bad. No, it's fine. You didn't know. You, you were thinking of knocking on wood. That's what you were thinking of. I It was a? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, uh, it was written by Mark Gatiss and directed by Douglas McKinnon. And it first aired April 13th, 2013, and is the eighth story of season seven. And we have a slew of story notes, and I might actually have some to add to this, but we'll get to that when we get to it. All right. Well, this story was the first televised appearance of an ice warrior since the monster of Peladon 39 years earlier. Wow. Uh, Yeah. This also is the first time one was shown outside of his armor. 
and the Ice Warriors' first appearance in Modern Who. Oh, we'll get to it, folks. We will indeed. Um, also of note was the first physical appearance of David Warner in a televised adventure of the series, who had only previously taken part in big finish roles that simply featured his voice. Ah, uh, yes, he was the 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 unbound doctor. Correct. The third doctor in a parallel universe. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Now, 1983 was indeed a point in which the Cold War could have very easily run hot due to the able archer exercises that terrified the already paranoid Soviets. Uh, trust me, I've watched the series The Americans. I still highly recommend it. Able Archer figure, figures uh, greatly into that show. Um, there were even several close calls throughout that year, including one famous incident where only the cool head of a Soviet radar operator deciding that the missile that appeared, actually, I think it was a, a, a more than a single missile that appeared on the screen was not a launch, but most likely an equipment, equipment malfunction, thus preventing a full scale nuclear launch. Woof. Yeah, right. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, Clara is the only female character in this story. The last time this occurred was the fourth Doctor story, The Power of Kroll, which we still haven't done that, you know, Power of Kroll dance remix. No, we haven't. But in that story, Romana was the only female character. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. Huh. I I didn't even think about it until you just said it. I went, oh, yeah, she was the only. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, right. and I know I know we talked about it at the end of uh, last week's show. You're like, I feel like some of these guys have been in Game of Thrones. Yes, both Liam Cunningham and Tobias Menzies played important characters in Game of Thrones. Uh, Sir Davos, 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 I don't know, Seaworth and Lord Edmure Tully, respectively. Um, and then, obviously, Matt Smith at this point, even though it's still filming. But both Matt Smith and Tobias Menzies would also go on to play Prince Philip. Yes. Duke of Edinburgh in Netflix's The Crown. Uh, uh, go ahead. Lauren pointed that out. She's like, oh, hey, there he is. <laughs> I will also like to point out uh, Liam Cunningham, besides being absolutely wonderful in this and uh, Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. uh, he actually auditioned for the role of the Eighth Doctor. You know, I feel like I read that somewhere doing a little bit of um, side research for our last story note. And I went, oh, that's interesting. Like, I wonder which guy that was. And then I didn't put it in the notes. And also, he... So I'm glad you said something. Yeah. yeah, Not only did he audition, he auditioned in both an American and Dublin accent. Oh, interesting. So he did both. But the role was given to Paul McGann. We all know that. Yep. There you go. Yep. So now we have two episodes now where we've talked about other people who could have been yeah. the Eighth Doctor. Strange. Interesting. Well, you know me. I'm a sucker for some 80s tech. Uh, Professor Grigasenko's Walkman is most likely, because I spent a little bit of my morning doing some research, a Sony Sports Walkman model WM-F35, which might not actually have been available in 1983, Mm. Uh, a, a radio museum website actually lists its production as 1984. Ah. Um, but interestingly enough, it is a water-resistant model, which is kind of funny given the circumstance of the story. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And they did have a water-resistant model back in 84, 83? They did. Oh. Right. Yes. 
get that? Yes. Water resistant, not waterproof. There you go. Um, I've managed to find a, um, a decent enough picture of the face of the one, the face of the Walkman used in the story. And I went, okay, let's start doing some research. <laughs> and I started looking for a model that looked just like it. And I first found the, uh, the, the F45, which is the model after that, which came out in 86. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, nah, it didn't have this extra graphic on the case. Well, kept doing some research, and <laughs> sure enough, there's the 35, and that's the closest one that I could find. There you go. That looks just like it, but it, it as best I can tell, didn't come out until 1984. All right. Well, so before we get into it, Taylor, you have a world-famous synopsis for us, so take it away. All right. Well, the Doctor and Clara land in a Soviet sub during one of the most tense eras of the Cold War. Doubt me? Seriously, go watch The Americans. I'm not joking. It's such a great series. The Soviets are transporting maybe a mammoth back home to Mother Russia and strangely feel compelled to melt it out of its block of ice early. Like, really? Why why did they go do that? Anyway... That's no mammoth, and instead, they unleash an ice warrior on themselves. It's a classic base-under-siege story, though it's a very small, cramped, claustrophobic base in Cold War. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, why did they un- That seems like a bad idea. I, it just was like, there's that one scene where it's like, oh, we don't have time to wait. I'm like, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you had time. It, it was it was the one part of the story where I went, this doesn't really feel all that believable, but I understand it has to happen. Otherwise, the rest of the story isn't going to happen. It's just them on a, a sub just hanging out. Yes. Waiting for the TARDIS to return. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Taylor, what did you think of this uh, this overall what, as oh, an episode? Man, I really, I messaged you and I went, man, I forgot how good this story is. Yeah. Uh, this story has fantastic tension. It has excellent directing oh yeah you know it is it is literally like i said a super small base under siege story and and the whole the whole vibe is just claustrophobic yes right you you are just trapped in this space there literally is nowhere to go and there there is a very clear and present threat aboard yeah absolutely um the yeah really the directing like you said there's lots of very tight shots. I didn't know where mm-hmm. to put this note about directing, but uh, I really enjoyed the use of colors in the sub. Yes. They were all just very yes. vibrant, like blues, greens, yellows, reds, I think violet, I would orange, s- everything. I, I would say there. the um, the use of shadow and yes. silhouette. Yes. Also very cool. Is really, really well done. Um, I also thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I uh, I remember most of it, but overall, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh man, I I forgot a lot of things that happened here." Uh, yes, great directing. Uh, I thought our supporting cast was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said at the at the top, um, I love uh, Liam Cunningham. I think he's great, and I David Warner was great, and Tobias Menzies was everyone was great in this. I thought everyone yeah. did a really really good job. Um, but. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that came to mind when I was um, when I was you know we were doing the talking points here is uh, Ice Warriors. This is clearly a, a, a redesign because we haven't seen a, an Ice Warrior in thirty nine years. Yeah, um, and I just wanted like the the question I wanted to pose is what's the best redesign of a classic Who villain? And I'm saying like oh boy, like I. I I don't know if I would consider like a Dalek a redesign unless you want to like compare old Daleks to um, 
our multicolored Daleks. Oh, I'd rather not. Yeah. And then we have the Cybermen, which I guess could also be um, a redesign as well. Yeah. I mean, that one is a little bit because we kind of get the uh, the Cybus. Yes. Um, Cybermen in, in Tenant's run. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, you know, too too attached to my um, David Banks era Cybermen. Uh-huh. You know, excellent. Excellent. I don't have That's that right. on. I don't have it anymore. Oh, God, that breaks my heart. I know. It's it's, it's um, off there. I have do, you, other ones. do you even have more power? No, I don't. Oh, good Lord. We need to redesign the soundboard, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I still have, I mean, I still have this classic. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, yeah. I think, I think we could probably swap that out for excellent. We could, well, least. we got, we've got, you know what, everyone, let's just go through the soundboard. This is what I have right oh, now. Oh, okay. Got that great oh, one. That's a good one. We got oh, get on with it. That one I don't think we've actually ever used. No, we we, we if we start stalling too much, we need to uh, get <laughs> on with it. We got the cloister bell, the Susan yep. laugh, the the you know the um, behind the couch scale dug in, and then right. um, I must, which we used last week. Leave now. <laughs> and then we got a. Uh, Go on, say it. Say what. I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. So yeah, some of those could be uh, swapped out for yeah the more more power and excellent excellent. Yeah, I mean def- definitely the excellent. I think I think I think that one we get a lot of mileage out that out of that one. Yeah. Um. But what? So you you think the uh? Are, what's your I, what's your well? I mean, I I didn't love the redesigned Cybermen right off the bat. Okay. Um, I, I, I felt, I felt like they, they just kind of became a little too stylized because I kind of like those eighties Cybermen better. Right. Um, but, but I, I, you know, I grew to like them, you know, they, they changed and tweaked a little bit. I mean, I grew to like them, but I'm trying to think of all the class. I mean, I th- honestly, I think the Zygons look really good now. Yes. The Zygons do look very good. And I think the Suntarans look really good now because they look less like mr potato heads that are like licking their lips salivating at you know the companion of the week yeah honestly i think (laughs) i think the silurians might be the the best redesign yeah the silurians are really good too that's that's a good point yeah and i mean i did i did really enjoy these as well i was just it was something i thought about i don't know if we've actually ever spoken about what our favorite redesign of a classic who villain was Mm-mm. we haven't before and and again i mean in, in this case the ice warrior is really well done yes and in subsequent modern who stories where they have ice warriors they all look really good yeah i think we have one more after this one right and that's it um i want to say there it's one with it's isn't it with capaldi yeah empress of mars yes. i thought there was i thought there was one other maybe i'm mistaken i don't i don't know yeah you may be right i honestly can't remember i think it's just that one and those two and that's it okay um i you know i gotta say though i since we're kind of talking like modern versus classic mm-hmm. can, can you imagine because I, I love the set design like like they really go above and beyond for kind of like you know stuff that looks authentic yeah uh could you imagine 80s who you know, or seventies who doing this story, um, it would have been a very brightly lit sub. Yes. Right? Yeah. It would have been bright studio light sub 
everything would have been a slightly lighter shade of gray. Yeah. You know, it just, there are some stories that, that work better because of the set design of the air. And I think this is one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, ice warriors technically sort of kind of appeared in, in face the Raven, but I mean, everyone did. So (laughs) fair point. Yeah. Fair point. Which I saw somebody speaking of face the Raven. Somebody's like, you know what? I need a big finish audio series of that street. Oh, ooh, that would be cool. Neat thought. That would be super cool. I mean, what? How did that Cyberman get there? Right. What's his deal? (laughs) (laughs) What's the deal with Cyberman? Yeah, I think that would be that would be super interesting. But I mean, yeah. Um. Okay, but I mean, so we we enjoyed the ice the ice warrior redesign. Mm-hmm. Th- thought it was very good. What did we think of um, the Ice Warrior out of the suit? Did we think that was a good a good choice? Oh boy! It I I think just the idea of it is unique. It yeah. kind of takes the mythos to a new place. It gives us something new. Um, I don't know that the. Uh, CG of his head and stuff holds up quite as well. No, it looks kind of a little cartoony. Yeah, just a, uh, yeah, a little bit. I did like the use of, we talked about the use of shadows and I thought Mm -hmm. the CG in the shadows was cool. I did enjoy that. Yes. I did think opening the suit and showing us in all of inside was, it felt a little different. Dalek-esque and it kind of made me be like oh so so it's like a little a little thing inside of a big thing again and I was like "Uh, I don't know about that but uh, I mean it was a choice I thought the use of shadows and that we actually never saw an ice warrior full like how big is this thing we don't know Mm -hmm. Um, we just know it has little arms uh, and a big head so (laughs) yeah and it it can move around spindly hands yeah so I mean, I don't, I don't, I feel like even the first time I watched this, I was like, ah, I don't know about this. Um, and I think I still am kind of like, yeah, I don't know. But it does bring that other element of suspense that uh, walking around in a giant green suit that probably would not have brought. Oh, yeah. I mean, you you certainly could not in the story get uh, Skaldak in the places he's at. Um, y- you know, you, you couldn't you couldn't recreate that creepy aspect of these little spindly hands coming down and threateningly grabbing hold of someone's head when it's big, you know, ice warrior mitts. Yeah. You know, so, so for some storytelling purposes for some uh, tension and scare factor, you know, okay, I get it. Yeah. And Um, I I feel like going the alien route instead of uh, the Jason Voorhees route uh, worked out for them. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. And I I mean it's as imposing as a fully armored um ice warrior stomping towards you is. Um it's it is a different kind of threat and I think comparing it to Alien is is a perfect example. Yeah. And I think I think also the um oh boy, I totally lost my train of thought. Never mind. Okay. Wow. That just that just leapt off the cliff and tumbled down into a giant burning heap. Into into a, a quarry. It's gone. It's just down at the into bottom. A, there. I was going to say into a ravine, but that would be a Back <laughs> to the Future reference. Holy moly! Wow, that was—it's uh, just gone. I don't even know. Wow, that's wow. crazy. Oh well. Anyway, 
Um, <laughs> man, what in the world was I going to talk about? I, I want to talk about the CG a little bit. We kind of already touched on it. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it's, it was fine when it was in the cover of the shadows and I completely forgot about, nope, we're going back to it. And it's just like his full head. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know about yeah. this, which is weird because the ship CG looked great. Oh yeah. My God. The ship at the end. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was absolutely Epic. some close encounters of the third kind yeah. kind of quality. And it just hulking, massive, brilliant, bright after after an episode that was kind of so dark and in shadow to have this yes was really kind of cool also the cold open was i feel like that was cg mm-hmm. as well um we you know we open with the ice on the uh on the water the kind of yeah flying over the uh the the north pole and then and then you know like recent uh you know um uh, released footage kind of splashing down yes which is always into, great <laughs> into the darkness yeah reference to that somehow yeah splashing down into the darkness and then yeah. we re-emerge at the end um, yeah yeah exactly yeah and then it's like big bright nonsense this is great i loved it <laughs> um i'm trying to think of there were a lot of uh i, I think one of my favorite just running running gags had to be ultravox yeah I thought that was just the funniest thing and when when grisenko is getting all worked up about the future and 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 clara's like no i can't tell you things and he's like but does ultravox break up and it's like oh god that's all you're worried about yeah that's all he was worried about he just wanted to know if ultravox <laughs> breaks up or not and i mean speaking of clara this is her we have to remember like this is her third episode in yeah something like that it's, so it's, she's it's just, early days yeah she's just bit bopping around the galaxy and then she uh you know sees some dead bodies and she's like well <laughs> this got really real i thought those those scenes were were very good where she's just kind of staring off into the middle distance yes and um and the professor's trying to like console her kind of he's trying to talk her through it mm-hmm. i really enjoyed that where he's trying to get her to sing uh hungry like wolf yes well, and I and I, I love that that with the death that happens on the ship, um, they they don't obviously. I mean, it's Doctor Who. You're not going to see like every little bit, but they they do a nice bit where they're clearly reacting to it. You know, you see a um, you know kind of rigor mortis. Yes, and now I remember what I was going to say. But but that's it. Yeah, I was basically going to say a, with the they do the Hitchcock thing. Yes, which is what why I enjoyed um, not seeing the entire uh, Ice Warrior out of his his armor. That mm-hmm. it, it's a Hitchcock thing. We don't completely know what this thing looked like, and we don't completely know what that mangled body looked like. Looked like, but from Clara's face, we can we can tell uh, it probably wasn't great. Exactly. Yeah, and and that that is that is the. I, I would say very smart thing to do of, of leaving it up to the imagination of the viewer. Yeah. You know, anything we could fill in is gonna, probably going to be way worse than anything they could show. Yes. The old, the old Alf, Alfred Hitchcock. Love it. Yep. Good yep. Stuff. Exactly. Um, I'm trying to think of what else, what, I mean, Matt Smith, one of my favorite doctors, if not my favorite, oh, definitely. Uh, you know, doing, doing the good stuff here. Um, I, I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed the um, the scene where Clara is talking to the Ice Warrior through the Doctor, mm-hmm. and he sees right through it, basically. 
Yeah. And I mean, again, Clara's three episodes in and I feel like maybe when you're, you know, it's like you decided that you're going to be in, you know, I, I am a companion. You are my companion on this adventure. There should be like maybe a pamphlet <laughs> or it, it doesn't. It can be vague, but at least be like, hey, if we're in Russia and we can understand them and they can understand us, we're we're speaking their language. And it's, yeah, this is what it is. Yeah, I, I can just picture the cover of this pamphlet now. So you've decided to travel with the doctor. <laughs> yes. Know? Yeah. Little little cursive font, kind of TARDIS zipping around in the background. Love it. I mean, it, it would have yep. that. I don't know what else it would have. I think that would be one of the maybe one of the first first things you would tell someone. You would think. I mean, it made a great scene because they're already yes. like <laughs> thinking these two are spies, and then right. she's like, "Well, I, I mean, you can fully understand me, and I don't speak Russian." Wait a minute, am I speaking Russian right now? <laughs> It was very good. Very good. Stuff. It was. And you know what? I loved, I loved the whole scene when they first arrive and they think they're in Vegas. Yes. And they walk out into like a sinking submarine. What? I mean, I can't even, there has to be a behind the scenes on this episode um, where everyone is just complaining about being soaking wet at every single moment. <clears throat> I'm sure there is because unless it was digitally added, this set is constantly dripping. Yeah. It's um, it's it, it it at all times. I don't think anyone is dry at any time. No, it's it's pretty funny. Like I, the more I thought about, it, I was just like, "Geez, I wonder if Matt Smith's like, this is it. This is, <laughs> I'm done after this." Even though I'm pretty sure he was here for like two more seasons, but yeah. When you look back and go, "Why am I leaving?" Oh, right, because of the wet set, the set that was completely wet. I'm trying to think of there's actually, a- actually wait no this is season seven Capaldi starts season eight oh really yeah <laughs> this was it this was it everyone <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm just letting you know this for sure had to be the reason um yep. yeah like I said just a really enjoyable episode um I'm trying to think if there's anything else I I really want to you know I did enjoy when the doctor's being held at gun there was a lot of like again. We picked another episode where the doctor is compared to a soldier. Yes. Which I yes, thought was indeed. a very uh, interesting through yeah. line. Um, but I did love uh, when Zukov has the doctor at gunpoint and he's kind of like, you got to let me go because everything is about to be real messed up. I've never seen <laughs> I've never seen a nice story out of his shell. And he's like, all right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Get on out of here. All right, you. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, I did. You know, we t- we don't we touch on endings a lot. I did think the ending to this was fine. I did love <laughs> that the tart the TARDIS disappears at the beginning, right? And it it shows up uh, not at the the south or I'm sorry, not at, not the, at north the North Pole, Pole, but the South Pole. And yeah. I love that everyone goes, ha, 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 and the doctor does that fake like, hey, yeah, it's really funny that we have to yeah, take the long you know, it's, it's funny. The more I thought about this ending, because it's, I kind of go I'm like, well, come on, they're not, they're a Soviet sub on a mission. They can't just drive them to the other end of the planet. I'm like, that's that's crazy talk. But the more I think about it, this is this is a story set in the 80s. We have 80s music. We have 80s props. Why wouldn't we have an 80s sitcom ending? Yeah, very true. 
And that is exactly what we get. We got the little salute to the story. ship, too. Yeah. We get them laughing at the end. The only thing that would have topped it is if, for some reason, Doctor jumps up in the air, it pauses on him midair, and the credits roll over him. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't really, like, for something that was in the 80s, I, I, besides the 80s references, I'm not sure if I saw anything that reminded me of the 80s. And the Walkman, you know, I like like film like right. being a d- directed direction wise. No, I, I I don't think there was really not not direction wise. I mean, you've only got so much to work with in terms of set. Yeah, um, and then you just have the direction as to like what year it is, and then the historical context that comes with knowing that. Yeah. All right, Taylor. Well, I think we have uh, said all we can say about Cold War. Uh, would you recommend this episode to, uh, I guess, anyone in general? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- yeah. I would. I think so, too. I think this is a good one-off episode as well. I think like there are some references like the uh, why am I speaking Russian stuff that might mm-hmm. throw people off a little bit, but it is explained. But I think this is a good just like... I would show this to someone who's never seen Doctor Who before. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, and speaking of that, this is another thing that's making me happy this week. My co-host on THS Wrestling said he wants to start watching Doctor Who. Hey, cool. So we're going to take that journey. Nice. All right. So let's uh, start hitting some buttons. I've got all the machinery I need. Stand back. It's I mean, we had a lot of head grabbing, mm-hmm. and we had we did have some some murders, and we had a tasering. Yeah. The tasering, I think, is the thing that would would bring us any sort of. I'm thinking pretty low here, though. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in that maybe three ish range. I I was gonna say two and a half. Well, we tend to be about half a point apart most yeah. of the time. So I think I think that's about that's about right. Nothing too too major here besides no. the the uh, the tasering. Yeah, and that's I mean that's not to diss the story at all. It's just in terms of no. Duggett esque behavior. Yes, there's just not that much. There is not. There definitely is not. All right. Gathering close, it's time for the behind the close game. <laughs> Feel like uh, this this will have a, a little more meat to it than the tug and skin. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean this this is a properly tense story with a little bit of a body count. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, the tension, the scariness, the the random claws coming out of, you know, above and grabbing you kind of stuff, maybe not for younger viewers. No. Um, I mean, probably all right for kind of your preteens and up. Yeah. I think I think I think by that point, they've probably seen stuff that, oh, yeah. you know, has a bit of a scare factor to it. And there's that age where you can go, OK, I'm watching a thing on TV. This is a production. This isn't reality. Yes. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, that would be that would be my call. There. Still a great episode. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I if you've got a kid who's into Doctor Who and they're old enough, yeah. Absolutely. You know, 100%. Sit down and watch it. All right, Taylor. So we're back to our, our two-week uh, yeah. hi- hiatus. So um, what are we watching? Or I'm sorry. What is the next <laughs> story we are doing? 
Well, now that we've kind of tipped that part of our hat, yes. um, we we've talked about it. It should come as no surprise. Um, the first volume of the new ninth doctor adventures uh, has dropped courtesy of big finish ravagers is what it's called we are going to be listening to that over the next two weeks um and reviewing it on i think the very last day of the month yeah i believe so um so yeah very excited about that i've actually already given it one complete listen through oh i haven't gotten um yeah listen to it last week of course the thing with working from home and helping kids with their schooling from home is that if i'm listening to it i may miss bits of it so i'm going to be giving it at least one more listen in the next two weeks possibly two just to get everything yeah uh absorbed i almost think listening to the behind the scenes track first might benefit me more with some of these oh stories it, there's times where i'm like wait did did i zone out for a second where are they now what's, what's happening and i don't have any sort of visual clues like when we're watching an episode so yeah uh, might try that next time yeah we'll see how many listens i can it's it's difficult with my job because mm-hmm. i have to be i have to watch and sometimes listen to stuff so yeah it's it is definitely a little bit more difficult with your job yeah. than mine. Um, but we're very excited. Oh, very, very excited. Um, you you will enjoy it, John. I guarantee I'm, you that. I'm very, very excited for that in two weeks' time. Yes. But uh, until then, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at the Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Thrice, and you can follow Taylor on Twitter at BlueBoxUFO. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify. Uh, just search Podcastica. Look for the drawing of Taylor and I inside of a TARDIS and uh, rate and review us as well. And you can also just subscribe to us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash the N-O-T-L-G. Uh, shop.spreadshirt.com slash N-O-T-L-G or patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G if you would like to buy a shirt head on over to spreadshirt if you would like to just donate to us monetarily go to the patreon uh, but we are still in pandemic mode so support your local shops any way you can retweets just buying stuff from them uh, telling yeah. a friend word of mouth whatever you can do to help them so we can you know once at some point go visit the shops and be like hey i'm glad you're here exactly yeah <laughs> i'm glad you're still here all right so we will talk to you guys in two weeks when we listen to and review the Ninth Doctor's Return, Ravagers. And we will see you guys then. See ya. Yeah, I, I can just picture the cover of this pamphlet now. So you've decided to travel with the Doctor. Little, little cursive font, kind of TARDIS zipping around in the background. Love it.